Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Good morning. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Welcome to Connections. Okay, imagine this. Imagine being a mom to six boys in the house. I think it's a little bit busy and things might just be a little busy for Ruth Jo Simons. But she's made finding time for her hobbies and art in her life. And now she's created a project that will help us reflect on God's work in everyday life and serve as a point of transition between what we believe and know. So, Ruth, we're going to talk about our new book that you have with an incredible amount of pieces of art in this book, and it sounds really incredible. But first of all, I heard a rumor that you have an incredible amount of children in your house, six boys. I want to know, <laughs> what's life like in that household with six boys? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, I never thought I'd be a mom with six boys. And, um, you know, God just really grew my love for growing a family, and I just really saw a change in me. And so year by year, every two years, we ended up um, blessed with six boys in the household, and our, our oldest is 17 going off to college, and their youngest is six. That's amazing. I have one boy who's two years old, and he would be the equivalent of six. So you are absolutely amazing. Oh, well, don't be too impressed. I am a work in progress, learning day by day for sure. <laughs> we want to know more about you now, besides your amazing family. What inspired you to get into writing and art? Yeah, you know, I've always been um, artistically inclined, always trying to make something beautiful out of fabric or textures or even making dinner and whatever it is, you know, sometimes when you're really artistically inclined, you just create all the time. But uh, most of those early years of marriage, I was just um, changing diapers and ministering alongside my husband and his work and just doing a lot of things that you don't think you went to college for, you know? And so during those years, those were quiet years where I really had to grow and learn more about who um, who I really wanted to become apart from what I do. And so um, later on, as the years went on, and I... I just found some time during nap times and um, after the kids went to bed and started um, painting as a way of just slowing down and thinking more and meditating on the scripture that I would be reading or just thinking long and hard about um, something I'm I'm dwelling on versus just kind of letting it pass. And so watercolor um, was a way to do that because it cleans up quickly. Um, I used to paint oils and acrylics on large canvases or do some, I dabbled in printmaking quite a bit, but um, but when you're in a busy season of life, you you watercolor because you can clean it up. (laughs) I think that's such great advice too for parents because so often you feel like like you don't have time for yourself anymore, right? It's all about your kids and work and rushing from one place to the next, but you took those little bits and pieces whenever you could. Definitely, and I think that's what you have to do um, in every season of life, whether you're a mom or not, is that you're not always going to live the life that you want to be living at that moment, ideally. And so you have to really just look at what has been given and do the most with what you've been given and steward that well. And I think, you know, that's just part of growing is, is I always say, you know, a phrase that I used a lot in my last book is, you don't have to be blooming to be growing. And the heart behind that and where I came up with that, that phrase in my mind is just that, you can't always see big blooms, and you might see blooms in somebody else's garden and go, wow, how, how are they growing roses of that size and peonies, and these are so beautiful, but maybe in your season, 
your roots are going deep. Maybe you're yeah. weeding. Your yeah. garden. It won't always look the same. Right now, the leaves have fallen off our tree in our house. That's the season <laughs> oh, <wow>. we're in. <laughs> right. Tell us about Grace Laced. Is this what led you to start Grace Laced? Um, you know, Grace Laced started almost 13 years ago when I was literally thinking, how does the grace of God, how does finding grace intersect our everyday life? How does it lace through this mundane picking up Cheerios off the ground, um, running to the grocery store? How does it actually intersect my daily life? Um, because really, you know, if you are a person of faith, you're, that faith does not matter if it's only just um, on, on certain occasions or on certain days. It, it really has to weave in and out of your everyday life. And so that's really where I learned to press into knowing knowing Christ and knowing what my salvation was about and why I have faith in my life, and that had to be present every day. And so the blog started just writing about how grace intersects um, our ordinary daily lives, and that grew into um, being an opportunity where I could share some of my artwork on social media. And so Instagram really, um, six years ago, became an opportunity to just kind of share that in small bits and pieces where I would write a little bit of devotional writing just to say, hey, let's look at this, turn our attention from our everyday lives to beauty. And as we look at the artwork and the words that um, God has for us through the Bible, let's think on how we can um, grow in this together. And so that ultimately turned into my first book by the same title, Grace Lace, Discovering Timeless Truth Through Seasons of the Heart that came out two years ago. And, and that really drew people to you. You had a great following. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, it was really organic. I really did not try. And, you know, there wasn't a desire at the beginning to immediately um, create a side hustle or make a business out of it. But um, as I started painting, there was just this, um, there, there were multiple requests for custom orders as well as just prints. And so um, in the fall of 2015 is when I just took $300 out of savings that I had stored up to, you know, to go to the Gap and buy some new clothes or whatever. <laughs> and I, I took that $300 and learned how to um, reproduce my art and create note cards and prints. And, um, and so Gracefully Shop was born. And um, now com is we have archived all those blog posts and we continue to provide content that way. But now we ship um, my artwork in the form of um, stationary products and lifestyle products all around the world and um, through independent bookstores as well as big stores across the country and multiple nations so yeah it's speaking of blooming right and blossoming into something huge and now you have this new book beholding and becoming tell us about this latest project of yours yeah thank you so you know we i i think i was really really astounded by the response that came out of grace place i think what i realized was my heart and my desire has always been um you don't have to only have beautiful artwork in storybooks and picture books and coffee table books and then read incredible um, life-changing words in books with no art in it. And so I thought, well, why should we sacrifice one for the other? Why don't we put these two together? And so when Grace Lace came out, it really um, it was met with such favor and um, excitement that two years later I said, okay, well, this time I really want to take it a next step further in our journey of faith. If Grace Place was the foundations of everything we really need to believe through the seasons of our lives and what we need to remind ourselves 
when we go through winter, spring, summer, and fall in the different ways in which our hearts feel in those seasons of our lives, um, beholding and becoming is turning our gaze to not what we see in our everyday circumstances, but how we can perceive those circumstances according to our faith and according to what God wants us to see in our everyday lives. And so I really believe um, that the, the crux of this, this book ultimately points to the thought that we become what we behold, meaning the more you stare and, and um, fixate, let's mm. say it might be something as practical as your phone, or social media, or it might be a certain goal. It can be good things even, but the more we fixate and um, steady our eyes on one thing, that's the shape that we'll take. That's the way our lives will be formed, and and we will be running after whatever we're always um, fixated on and thinking on and what our perception is. And so it really is, you know, what we chase shapes our race. Like, where where we're going is going to be shaped by the, the direction of our eyes and our minds and our hearts. And so the book um, seeks to turn our attention to 16 different areas of our lives that are really ordinary, sometimes boring, sometimes feel unfair, and sometimes just don't feel like the places in our lives that we think we're going to see great transformation, we're going to see great change, or we're going to see ourselves turning into the person we want to be. But I take those 16 areas and say, okay, this is the way we see it. But this is how we can perceive what God is doing in that area of our lives. And so um, this book is 224 pages of deep writing, but also just so much artwork, all hand-painted by myself. And um, ultimately, the goal here is to create a book that um, can be treasured and can be set out on the coffee table where guests want to flip through it and be... um, and linger long. Um, the desire is to have a book that you don't just breeze through, but to spend a lot of time and doing some soul work while you do. That um, you're mentioning, like the th- how important it is to pay attention to the things we fix our eyes on. Right, it made me think of Hebrews 12 right away, where the author of that book says, "Fix your eyes on Jesus," because he knows no matter what it is you're going through, if you fix your eyes on Jesus, then you're going to come through okay. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know. We are, we're told that we are to be conformed into the image of Christ, that we are being transformed degree by degree, one day at a time. And so I think a lot of times we want to rush that process and we want to say, hey, if I just take one six-week course or if I can just read a certain book or if I can just do this one thing, I'll, I'll, ch- I'll change and I'll be different. But really, we need to realize that it's a day-by-day process happening right under our noses while we're fixing dinner while we're doing the everyday things, because 24 hours in a day, the Lord is actually actively working in our lives, but we need to turn our attention and our, um, the, our gaze that way. What are, the, some, uh, what are some of the 16 areas that you look at in the book? Yeah, um, one of them is about making meals and serving a meal every day at your kitchen table, and really what that's like. What is your kitchen table really about? We talk about the mission field being way out there. I mean, I really want to be sent off to Africa and to do something really amazing there, but my kitchen table actually is my first ministry and my first mission field. The people that gather around that table, whether they're my family or my neighbors, those are the people that God's put in my life to serve and to immediately um, um, give a not only a physical meal to you, but the meal and the richness of um, the, 
the rich fare of God's Word and who He is. And so that's one area. And then there's, like, more abstract areas, like when life feels unfair. That's one of the chapters, because honestly, I think that that's an area of my life that I find really hard to know how to worship in, how to see God move, and how to understand that He's working in that circumstance. Um, there's a chapter on our words, on the words we speak. There's a chapter on family and how messy it can be and how hard. And we think, oh, let me just survive some of our family conflicts. But maybe more than that, God wants us to see what family really is about, not just what it's about to, you know, belong to your physical family on earth, but why did God describe his relationship with us in terms of family as well? And that really transforms the way we live our daily lives. Have you ever, um, you know, just started out with a project, started painting a piece with no goal in mind, and all of a sudden mid-painting or at the end of that painting or something, God kind of just, like, just totally speaks to you through that painting that you've done and and found God's uh, moving that way through you? You know, I'm sure He does all the time. I don't hear Him audibly. or He doesn't stop me me in my tracks, but I think what happens when I paint is, I don't paint from imagination, I paint by studying what he's already created. So whether I sit out in a meadow and I actually study a flower, or I pull up really good photos, or I go take photos first, whatever it is, I'm always referencing what he's already created for me to behold. And so what happens there is that he speaks to me by causing me to be wowed by him and not myself. And so what happens halfway through a painting most of the time is that I actually am like, wow, you are really, really creative, God. And that humbling causes me to be transformed in the way I even paint. And speaking of your art, you have 850 pieces of your original artwork in this book. How did you complete this all? Was this stuff that was done in the past, or is it all new? How did you complete 850 pieces? Because that's amazing. Well, you know, my publisher came up with that number. I'm sure they have files that that prove that number, but um, they're not 850 entire works of art, but I painted, you know, 850 elements and different things to go into this book, and it took a year. It really did um, start right after Grace Place came out, and so it's been almost, you know, a little over two, a little over a year in making, almost two years in the making, conceptually to the end, and so um, I really do feel like Beholding and Becoming is perhaps the the greatest single piece of artwork that I've ever created, both in Mm. writing and in painting. And it feels like two books, because I wrote the whole book, and then I painted the whole book. And so I'm I'm praying that it's an experience that um, really just takes the reader um, outside of their immediate, like, oh, got to check off this list and got to get this done, and stops and says, you know, I'm made for eternity. Mm-hmm. There's something to behold way bigger than my everyday life. I need this book, Ruth, because I'm also staring at my to-do list in front of me right now, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just so much more than that, and I think it transforms the way we hustle. And, and I, I am not an advocate for sitting you know, on our beds and navel-gazing all day long. No, it's really about you know, stepping out on faith and acting and being proactively um, obedient in our in our walk, but we can only do that when we're, our eyes are directed rightly and our hearts are following what God wants us to see. Yeah, I'm hearing a really good balance in your life because no doubt you are busy with those six boys okay. in your house, right? Uh, yeah. But you're also finding the time to find those quiet moments, and uh, whether it's your art or just being still and looking and paying attention. Mm. Tell us about how, how we can get our hands on this book and help ourselves pay attention to what God's doing all around us. 
Yes, thank you so much. Um, it's available everywhere online where books are sold, and I know many bookstores, um, even in Canada, are taking orders, pre-orders um, at the stores as well. Or you can find out more information through ruthchosimons.com. That's R-U-T-H-C-H-O-U-S-I-M-O-N-S.com. Um, and you can find more of my artwork at gracelace.com. I want that book. Some great lessons she's taught us yeah, today. Yeah, I think it'll help a lot of people. Big thanks to Ruth for joining us today. We'll talk to you again on Connections.